Uh, just one announcement from me before we begin worship. Uh, just an invitation uh, to come to Sunday school the next three Sundays. Uh, we'll have a special presentation from Mary as she leads us on kind of a refresher and a look at the Reformation and our Lutheran heritage and some background on Martin Luther and the story of the Reformation. Uh, a project that she began to work on through her diaconia classes that she was taking through our synod and that she's going to implement this summer. I think it's going to be a good three-week look at, at Luther and the Reformation. So uh, even if you don't normally come to Sunday school, please consider it and feel invited uh, as, we, as we study the Reformation. Uh, other announcements or prayer requests that you might have for the congregation? Yeah, Kathy? Neighbor Eileen Everhart. Okay. Eileen. No breakfast Tuesday. Okay, no breakfast Tuesday on the 4th. Yep. Yeah. Um, my niece, Brady, Chad, has um, a rare, rare cancer. She's up at James. And then I have a cousin that's also there, um, Carol Evans. Okay. James. That's Carol and Brandy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Janine is still in the hospital at Lima Memorial. They figured out she has pancreatitis. So she's on a liquid diet and will get um, some kind of specialized nuclear scan of her gallbladder tomorrow morning. And then they'll understand what's going on there and if the gallbladder has to come out or whatnot. Yeah. We'll continue praying. there are no other requests, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God, you direct our lives by your grace, and your words of justice and mercy reshape the world. Mold us into a people who welcome your word and serve one another, through Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. The first reading is from Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord fulfill the words that you have prophesied and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. But listen now to this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet, the word of the Lord. We will read responsively Psalm 89. Your love, O Lord, forever will I sing. From age to age my mouth will, pro will proclaim your faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen one, 
I have sworn an oath to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and preserve your throne for all generations. Happy are the people who know the festal shout. They walk, O Lord, in the light of your presence. They rejoice daily in your name. They are jubilant in your righteousness. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our might is exalted. The second reading is from Romans. Do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of light righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin which leads to death or of obedience which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed. The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said, Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, give me liberty or give me death. In 1775... At a meeting of the Second Virginia Convention, which took place at St. John's Anglican Church in Richmond, Virginia, Patrick Henry ended a speech to the delegates there with his now beloved exclamation, Give me liberty or give me death. 
Patrick Henry's speech and this phrase in particular have lived on in American lore as a turning point in which many bought into the Revolutionary War cause and effort. And so the, court, the quote, of course, is famous and it's appropriate as we'll celebrate American independence in a couple of days. But we'll also see in our reading from Romans that these two concepts, freedom and death, intersect one another. There's a relevance there and there's a connection between them. So speaking spiritually, St. Paul is going to tell us, however, that it's not a choice we have to make, give us liberty or give us death. Rather, St. Paul's message is that we have Christian liberty precisely because we have died. So up to this point in Romans, Paul has made the argument that our salvation comes to us from God by faith alone. We do nothing to earn it or merit it. You're not saved by your doing, but you are saved by receiving in faith what Christ has done for you. Last week, we heard Paul argue that there's no need for us to test the limits of grace. Instead, we have the opportunity to use our new identities as baptized children of God to live for the sake of God and our neighbor. We no longer have to live worrying about whether or not God is going to forgive us, whether or not we're good enough to be true Christians, because at our baptisms, God has taken care of all of it for us. To be a Christian, then, is to put our faith in the word that Christ has taken our sin, that we are saved. To be a Christian is not based on how moral you are, how good you are, but it's based entirely on God's gift to you. And in our reading from Romans this morning, Paul continues to remind us that we are a people who are made free because we are a people who have died in our baptisms. We have died to being under the law. That is, we have died to trying to earn anything from God. And this is the central statement of the Christian life, according to St. Paul. You are free. You are set free. And so here in Romans 6, the analogy that Paul uses is slavery. He says that once you were a slave to sin. But he says if a slave dies, then the master no longer has any control over the slave. Once you die, you are free from anything or anyone who claims control over you. Once you die, your, obligation, your obligations are over. Right? Once you die, you don't have to worry about paying taxes anymore. Not your problem. Right? Once you die, your bills are not your problem. Once you die, your overdue book at the library is not your problem. Once you die, you're set free from any obligation in this world. So likewise, Paul says in your baptism, God uses his word in the water to put the old sinner of you to death and to raise you up as a new creation. And he does this precisely so that sin is no longer your master. You are not obligated to it. Sin is not your identity. You are not at its service. Sin does not have dominion over you, in his words. It does not rule over you like a master. You're free from it. And so just as for Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death, was a call to summons, a call to take up arms and oppose the British. So also when Paul says, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions, he's giving us a call to summons. He's reminding us of what is. By God's word, what is real. 
he was reminding us of the reality that we don't always feel or see. That's not always evident for us. But he's reminding us that truly, by God's word, we are free from sin. This is a call to look at what happened when we were baptized and to acknowledge the truth of who we really are. An actual death has occurred, and now your life is found in Christ. So live into the freedom you have in Christ. And this gets to Paul's main point in Romans 6. Now that you are free from sin, don't go on living as if you are a slave to sin. Don't voluntarily put yourself back into submission to sin. Paul asks, what advantage is it to you to continue to live like you are a slave to sin? There's no advantage to living in sin or living like a slave to sin. The wages of sin is death. These are the natural consequences of sin. Don't go pursuing that which leads to death, because now you have a free gift of eternal life. You're a new creation. And so instead, live life knowing that your purpose is to share an eternal life in Christ. As part of our morning prayer routine recently, we have been reading through the book of Judges. And so the book of Judges comes right after the Israelites were freed from their slavery in Egypt. God had led them to the promised land, and there they settled. And there they had the very things that they had long hoped for. There in the promised land, the Israelites had the freedom of no longer being enslaved. They had land that was rich and fertile. They had confidence of knowing that God was with them. But then we get to the book of Judges, several years after the Israelites left slavery, and then we start to see a pattern emerge over and over. The Israelites have the freedom they have in worshiping God, but they consistently return to oppressive idols. We see that though the Israelites are in the promised land, they begin to enmesh themselves up with foreign gods and foreign kings, and then they begin to see how miserable life is apart from God. The idols demand too much from them. The idols that they begin to worship apart from God demand their whole lives. The idols demand that they sacrifice their children, and the idols begin to consume them. And so then we see that the Israelites, being oppressed, call out to God, and God in his mercy saves them and brings them back into a place of freedom. And this is what happens to us when we misuse our Christian freedom and return to live like we are slaves to sin. It's not that God is going to abandon us. It's not that God is going to ignore us or that we will lose our identities as his children. Instead, when we live as if we are slaves to sin, we cause ourselves a great deal of unnecessary pain. We enslave ourselves to the things which want to destroy us and not to the things that want to provide life. And so when you live like a slave to sin, you're going to get consumed by sin, whatever that sin is, whether that's anger or lust or greed or pride or envy or gluttony or sloth, whatever it is, that thing wants to consume you. It wants to be your master. And we find out the wages of these things, the wages of the things that want to enslave you are death. And these are the things God says to you, no longer rule over you. In Romans, Paul says, remember who you really are. You're not a slave to these things. You're not a slave to sin. You're not a slave to anger or lust or greed or so on. Instead, you are a person set free by Christ. 
Therefore, let go of holding on to these things and instead put your faith into Christ who frees you. Our Christian freedom then is about letting go of the things that want to enslave us. And that's the true blessing of our baptisms because we get to look back at our baptism and say, I don't need to hold on to this sin any longer. I can let it go and I can trust that God will raise me up. I can trust it because he has made a promise to me. And day by day, as Christians, we walk in faith learning to let go of the things that were once our masters. The anger, the fear, the shame, the guilt, the sin, the brokenness. God is teaching us every day to let go of it all and to learn to be entirely dependent on his promise of grace. That's the beauty of the freedom you have in Christ. You get to let go. You get to let go of the things that are consuming you, the things that are weighing you down. They're no longer in control of you. No one nor anything is over you, but the one who loves you beyond all measure. And this is the one concern of your whole life, that each day you get to trust more and more in God's grace for you. You get to trust in God and not the old masters over your life. You get to trust that God's word to you is the true freedom to live the life Christ has given you. Amen.
us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. O Lord, as you have welcomed us into your kingdom through the loving embrace of your dear Son, give us the grace to welcome others into our lives and to share with them the good news of your gospel of grace. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, bring earthly peace to our homes by your grace. Foster a common love and knowledge of your word among husbands and wives, parents and children, and guide their love for one another by your love for them. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, watch over all who make, judge, and administer the laws of our nation, especially Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, and preserve us from sinful contempt of the good order and godly laws set over us. Help us in our vocations as citizens to seek to preserve the many freedoms we have. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, according to your promise, you returned exiles from captivity to Jerusalem. Remember those who are displaced from their homes by violence, war, persecution, and provide them with shelter and bodily needs, and foster in them the hope of an eternal home in Jesus Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of heaven and earth, strengthen your people to hold fast to your word in times of trouble. Especially we lift up to you, Ardith, Charlie, Jane, Nancy, Jamie, Frank, Roxanne, Marilyn, Dave, Eileen, Carol, Brandy, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda. Preserve them from any false message of peace that does not remove sin, and instead sustain their faith in Jesus Christ, in his peace, his love, and in his life. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we have died to the law through the body of Christ and now belong to him who who was raised from the dead. Prepare all who commune this day with penitent hearts and a true confession of faith to receive Christ's body and blood for the forgiveness of all their sins. Lord, in your mercy. 
And Lord God, Heavenly Father, bless us in Jesus Christ, that we may bear much fruit. Receive our thanks for your kindness, especially toward all those who have died in the faith and now rest from their labors. Preserve us in the way of the Holy Spirit until we stand with them in glory. For you live and reign with the same Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. 
Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever.
Serve the Lord.